Hello, film fans. Welcome to the Film vs. Film podcast. My name is Martin Harries, your host, and I'm joined by the film encyclopedia man, Pius Dix. We are a couple of filmmakers on occasion, but mainly can't stop yapping about movies. On this podcast, every episode we pick a topic from a film that's coming out of the cinema or on VOD. Myself and Bias pick our favourite film from that topic and we battle it out to decide which film will become the greatest film of all time, according to two film geeks from Wiltshire, England. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review and subscribe. Hello, podsters. This week we are talking musicals as the film in the heights is coming out on cinemas in the uk and the us of a we'll be having a look at musicals as ever i am joined by the encyclopedia man that is mr boaz dix how are you sir yes yes i'm good very good <laughs> okay yeah that it's sounded good. really creepy and Yes, kind of it's not the horror film one. This week. <laughs> yeah. It is musicals. Yes, um, that's the only singing you'll get on this podcast from me. <laughs> not um, from me though. Not from me. Let's do my pick first. I reckon. Wait, what, what's your what's your pick? I'm, Rocket I'm, Man. Yeah, <laughs> burning out his fuel up there. All right. Um, yes my pick is i mean boaz seems very excited about this one um yeah my pick is rocket man this is very much a personal choice for me i'm a big fan of elton john Mm. (laughs) i really dig his music i've got quite a few of his vinyls actually (laughs) that is incredible Uh, i need to steal all your all your stuff all your vinyls please don't please don't Um, right, I'm moving house next week, <laughs> just to be safe. <laughs> I, bet, I will find you. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I was never a massive musical fan, if I'm honest. A lot of, like, the great Hollywood musical stuff I wasn't a huge fan of, because a lot of it was, like, shot in studios, and they, you know, they shot it indoors and made the outside look kind of weird. I don't know, it just didn't mm. click for me that well, but that's why I kind of liked musicals like West Side Story... I mean, I I do love singing in the rain as well. I mean, they do a lot of studio stuff in that, but it, it kind of works really well, and they kind of mix yeah. it up a bit. It's just and got, got some great tunes and incredible sequences. Well, also like um, in in singing in a rain, you know, you have sequences in a studio. I mean, the whole thing is about making yeah. a. But like with West Side Story, that's all outside, you yeah, know, which yeah. is great, which I really appreciate. Whereas some of the studio musicals you know pretty much it's all indoors for outdoors if you know what i mean you know Mm. and it's just like why why don't you just try and yeah do something outdoors but anyway but yeah there's loads of classics out there but this is very personal choice for me what happens in rocket man it's a biopic played as a musical and i feel like this film is more of a musical than a biopic in some ways Mm. for me yeah it's a biopic of elton john's life from when he was very small um, known as Reggie White, up until he got, turned his life around and went into rehab, basically. What did you think of this one then, Boaz? Yeah, man, I thought it was amazing. You know, visu- visually stunning. And, you know, Elton John, I agree with you. Uh, I absolutely love that man's music. So have a musical <laughs> of Elton John songs is a treat. So if you don't like Elton John songs, this isn't the film for you. No. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, this is this is amazing. I love it. Just the flair of it, man. Like mm. the the flair, it, you know, and it, it's it's fitting because he's quite a over the top, 
individual and a lot of these uh, dance numbers that mm. happen sporadically <laughs> are like so like wow they're so crazy you know they're so uh, they're so amazing and uh, yeah i thought it is, it's quite interesting yeah yeah directing yeah let's get on with it. I mean, there's quite a few of the numbers I really liked. Certainly the opening number, The Bitches Back, <laughs> is yeah. great. Where Elton comes out uh, in full bird costume in, 19, in the 1950s. This is very much has a lot of fantasy elements in it, which I quite enjoyed. Wait, did you say ni- 1950s? Yeah. Oh, this is when he was a kid? Yeah, so he comes yeah. out in his bright orange bird costume. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was amazing. Because <laughs> he, he's... It's, the film starts him in rehab like after he just says screw this gig you know and goes straight into rehab and he's basically retelling his life in rehab um but then when he kind of leaves the room it goes straight into the bitch's back and he's still got the bird costume on and you know he goes into the 1950s where everyone and everything is like you know the the color saturation is kind of like turned down a bit so elton is sticks out and he feels quite embarrassed you know the fact that his childhood was 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 good compared compared to where he is now you know you know i love transitions <laughs> and uh, this has got yeah. <laughs> plenty of really awesome transitions so i would say even that you know beginning musical number is kind of one because it's like his present self is literally going into the past seeing his memories and then he kind yeah. of vanishes from it, you know what I mean? Camera turns, he's not there, and it's his neighborhood, and it's him as a kid carrying on singing and stuff. And that was a that was a pretty cool musical number. Um, other bits that I like are the first time he plays Crocodile Rock. That was really cool. Oh, right. Um, <laughs> and he literally starts, like, levitating, like, gravity just, yeah. like, disappears. And the audience. And then the things. audience as well start levitating yeah. up. I thought that is an amazing visual representation of, like, an uplifting moment. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> that was great. That was, uh, that was pretty cool. I mean, yeah, it's a great example of just how, like, the film kind of changes the tone and changes the style a little bit of the songs. Yeah. I think that was a prime example there, whereas it's the singing, the la-la-la bits are quite... It's a higher pitch, I think, you know, in this film compared to the actual song. And there's another great one I liked. I love the change of song that suits tiny dancer where they're at like a hippie party in la where bernie is about to have sex with heather and (laughs) and the song is a little softer and more orchestral with no piano it just has a lighter touch that kind of shows elton's happiness for bernie but you know the longing to be loved himself and you feel that just in the tone of the song alone you know so do you remember when uh he's basically he gets with his manager and he thinks he's found love and yeah. uh you know they play that song and um i love how they do that that it, it becomes oh, a theater yeah that's the one i don't think i've ever heard that song before that's, oh, that's right. and it becomes like a theater production of like yeah. his life with him I, I love that like they're literally on stage going on to diner and changing yeah. the sets i thought that was great and then the transition at the end from him putting his golden record on like you know opening up his golden record and then it transitioning to him actually looking at his golden record like in real life yeah. it's like a um dollhouse isn't it they open up the house yeah they open up the house and you've got the the golden record and then you go from was it someone holding or putting up a record or something? Yeah. yeah in the next scene yeah that was incredible yeah it was a great song because it's just it's so extravagant 
you know, loads of costume changes. There's a fancy car, he drink, and there's a moment where he snorts cocaine. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's just loads like crammed into the frame. You know, mm. which is certainly on purpose at that point of just the start of the indulgence of of Elton John. You know, on a yeah. you know a steep rise of who this guy is. So yeah, I mean, I I just love that, like how each uh, musical number does have like. Uh, just a different kind of feel to it, you know. And, and yeah, I like that. I like that one that it's quite it's, uh, it's very much like a play, you know, on the yeah. stage. And you have other ones which are a bit different, like that one which is essentially a giant transition of him playing oh, what was it, Pinball Wizard on the piano. Oh yeah. And the camera keeps going round, <laughs> and there's a lot of lens flare and stuff, but it keeps going round, and it's just it's him in a different costume doing it on a different day. And mm. I love that. I thought that was incredible. Like, yeah, as him yeah. as Vic- Queen Victoria. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, Queen Elizabeth. Queen Elizabeth. Yeah, it was, it was Queen Victoria. Yeah, it, was, it was Queen Elizabeth, yeah. Yeah. The first. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. And the title number, Rocket Man, is great. You know, where the ambulance crew, you know, lift him up in the air in this, like, ha- massive hangar with these huge windows with, like, a great, like, uh, reflective floor. That looks great. And I like the little fantasy touches um, they give this film where... After like Elton jo- blows up like a firework, <laughs> yeah. and then moments later on the plane, he you know he's got smoke coming off him as <laughs> yeah. he sits down. <laughs> yeah, like he literally did explode. Yeah, yeah or yeah, you know, cool. or like he's just come off stage or something. Yeah, apparently it is true that Elton John had his stomach pumped less than twenty four hours before he went on to do the Dodgers stadium gig. Holy crap. <laughs> you know that's crazy. crazy well i was gonna say like my one of my favorite shots actually in that whole sequence that that the title number rocket man was it was amazing amazingly done because he he, ba- he tries to kill himself uh, he jumps in a swimming pool yeah uh, while everybody's looking because nobody really cares about him you know they're just being guests <laughs> yeah. and like eating food and drinking you know mm. it's his bloody property and you know nobody really cares about him and uh yeah and he tries to kill himself jumps into the well, and I love as he's falling down for my next he, trick. Yeah. I'm going to kill gonna, myself. Well, he says I'm going to fucking kill myself. Get fucking. it right, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, and uh, he falls into the pool and he's sinking. And I love it. Starts playing and it's his uh, younger self playing Rocket Man on a piano on the bottom yeah. of the pool. I love that. And that uh, he starts to sing as well. I just I was like, wow, that's incredible. Matthew Ilsley. Uh, yeah, his younger self in a uh, astronaut costume. <laughs> yeah. And he's playing um, Rocket Man. And that yeah. ha- he just starts singing as well. And then, yeah, and it, it goes on to him being putting an ambulance and then basically choreography of them, you know, taking him out of the ambulance and then putting him in clothes and then getting him on stage. And then he fires yeah. off like a rocket. It was just, uh, it's just an incredible sequence. Yeah, really well choreographed, you know, with the singing and um, taking this mask off all in time. As you said, I really like that private moment he has in the, (laughs) as he's trying to kill himself in the swimming pool, as he's looking up at, well, looking down at his younger self. That's quite an intimate little bit there of just like, what am I doing to myself, you know? And the the little Elton John's just like, what are you doing, you know? Sort yourself out, man. Then you would think he would, like, try to sort himself out, but then, you know, <laughs> there's quite a few tracks where, quite a few dark tracks that come up mm. with um, Benny and the Jets number, where it is, like, the start of his descent into into despair with this giant orgy scene, <laughs> and it's very bright and vivid and dark at the same time, and people 
and dance is literally everywhere. And the scene goes into this like dance number and then slowly goes into a montage of flashbacks of him trying to remember who he was, you know. Mm. I quite like that, of just this incredible just visual sequence of people everywhere and he's just trying to he's just losing himself completely into yeah. it all, you know. Yeah, no, that was brilliant. And it was all kind of really cut really quickly and then suddenly a jump cut to him waking up in his hotel room, you know, or well, wherever he lives. Oh, there's there's also this 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 transition that I it's just in my memory where um I think it's when he's he's beginning to despair and all that, and he has like regular his regular like you know big glasses on, and it transitions yeah. to him to, you know because it's framed as him him telling the, his life story to the rehab yeah. guys, and it goes from you know his glasses to. Like yeah. his ridiculous star-shaped glasses and the. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, just... yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like that, it's, yeah. it's like they morph into them, you know. But he's mm. it's it's it just looks like the same sort of uh, the same scene. I thought that was that was pretty impressive. I thought that that mm. looked pretty cool. Have you got a favorite shot then? Favorite sequence? I would say my favorite like shot is is him descending into the swimming pool and and seeing his oh, really? younger self. I I think for me. Yeah, I think for me that was that was pretty. So, ro- what Rocket Man is your favorite track, or yeah, well, yeah, I think you know, um, as a song, is my is is my favorite Elton John song, mm. and then added to that, the uh, the the whole sequence is just incredible, you know. Yeah, it's really really incredible. So yeah, yeah, I would say that. And my favorite like singular shot of the film is still in that sequence, but it mm. is him singing in the swimming pool with his his younger self. I I don't know, just thought that was amazing. Yeah, I think my favourite shot is actually that backlit moment in the start of Benny and the Jets when he's got this big hat on with a, with a feather in his in his hat and he's got this <laughs> yeah. massive coat on with like <laughs> yeah. the piano you know down his coat. <laughs> and it's yeah. all kind of backlit a little bit just before the song starts. It's just like really epic, and then it goes <laughs> fucking nuts from there. But you know, with yeah, naked people weird. everywhere. Um, <laughs> but my uh, favourite sequence is. I love the the Saturday nights all right for fighting song where we transition from Kit Connor, the younger Elton John to Taron Egerton. Oh yeah, um, that was really good. The whole good. sequence is almost done in one shot, but there is one cut there, which is a shame. But I like how they incorporate the Indian dance sequence in there. Cause I believe like Indians are like the best dancers in the world, to be honest. I've been to mm. India and I shot some documentaries of, of in schools and the, the kids are just incredible dancers. It's it's amazing. So it'd be interesting to know what the affiliation is with with India with Elton John is so there. Mm. In that sequence, you know, Taron really had some lungs on him. I mean, brilliant, <laughs> brilliant performance there from him. But apparently, Elton John said that some of the rock and roll songs he had to work on. And I love the fact that Elton John was so involved in this film that he actually gave Taron pointers of how to sing it better, you know. Oh, that's brilliant. I just love the fact that in this film, Elton was so involved. He was on set quite a few, quite a few times. Um, I think he's one of the executive producers as well, Elton. Because with other films, I don't want to sh- shit on them too much, but like Bohemian Rhapsody, Queen were very protective of Freddie Mercury's legacy, which they have the right to do, but, mm. you know, they've been trying to make that film for a long time, and 
and was it Sasha Baron Cohen really wanted to make it properly, you know, like Watson or like Elton John did in this film, but mm-hmm. they was like, no, I don't, they didn't want to do it like that at all, which I feel is a shame. I mean, they're certainly very different films. I mean, have you seen Bohemian Rhapsody? Yeah, 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 I have, yeah, yeah. Do you like that one? Or? Oh, yeah, I did. Um, it doesn't take many, like, big risks, I think, you know, as, you, as you're probably saying. But... but yeah, I guess that's very much straight down the barrel of, you know, how they made the songs. And, mm. you know, with this, it's very much a musical and they mu- use the, the songs to drive the narrative, Yeah, which we'll got, get onto later. But, I mean, <laughs> there is one weird bit in this sequence, Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting, when... Like, Reggie smashes one of the pub windows to get out of the pub. I'm just like, what a fucking little vandal. There's a door. Just use the door. Rock stars don't use doors. But he's a kid at this point. <laughs> so, directing score, Boaz, what are you going for? Uh, I'm going to give this a very high one. because really? I Yes. Yes, okay. I know. Because it was visually stunning, and I'm not going to shit on it because of that. But I'm going to give it like a 9.2. Wow, that's that's pretty high. Yeah, yeah. I thought it just looked amazing, yeah, <laughs> and had plenty of transitions. <laughs> I'm a fucking lover of transitions, and mm. I love them so much. And yeah, all right, <laughs> did not disappoint. Steady on. <laughs> yeah, I thought again, it's, it's brilliantly directed, and how they construct all the songs and all the sequences is great. Yeah, that's really high. <laughs> you don't have to go as high as me. It's not a competition, no. but that's how I feel. Yeah, I'll go like a nine then, a solid nine. Right. Screenplay then. Again, I like the opening line from Taron Egerton, who plays Elton John in this film, and where he says, My name is Elton Hercules John. I'm an alcoholic, I'm a cocaine addict, and a sex addict, and a bulimic, and I'm also a shopaholic. Who has problems with weed, prescription drugs, and anger management? <laughs> yeah. And this film, you know, it's just not holding back at all, and it's yeah. just so it's a laundry list of problems. Yeah, it's it's warts and all. This is you know, you're not going to skip anything in this film. I just love that whole attitude and the introduction of this character and how this film is going to go from there on. Yeah, yeah, no, that was great. If you're a bit emotionally fragile, turn around. Do you know what I mean? This is going to be quite yeah. Full on. Full on, yeah, and it is. And I've said a little bit about this already, but I love how the screenplay uses Elton John's songs to like inform the story and not used, you know, when he wrote them. Like the I Want Love sequence where his all of his family as a young kid like sing yeah. in that sequence. Because he wrote that in like 2001, well after this story is finished. But it works so well in yeah. in this point in the film because, like, his dad is so distant from him as a kid, you know. Yeah, yeah, I, I loved it how all of their their family are, uh, are you know, chiming in with the song because it's like they all are mm. not getting the kind of love that they they really want. He's not getting the love from mm. his father. His mother isn't getting this the love that she needs from her you know husband, which is the same same guy. The father doesn't really feel it, you know, in in this family. He's like, you know, yeah. And I just love how they're all kind of singing it, like they're just not happy with the love that they're receiving in this, uh, you know, in, in the way this is, and it, it crumbles apart. Uh, he leaves, and uh, it's quite emotional. And uh, there's a kind of returning line that comes up quite a bit of young Elton uh, saying to his dad, you know, are you going to hug me now? And like yeah. the, the first time he says that, yeah. it's like, you know, yeah. don't be soft. And then it's kind of heartbreaking when he goes to see his dad. 
Uh, and he's already famous, and his dad has another family. Oh. You know, he's got a new family. That was it's heartbreaking. Horrible. Yeah, he's got two kids, and he hugs them all the time, and they love yeah. him. He loves them, and it's just yeah, you can tell he's like, what the hell, mm. <laughs> you know? And he even tries to connect with his dad. It's like, uh, oh, I bet you get this all the time. Do you wanna? I've got an album. Could you sign this? And he puts two dad. And he's like, no, no, no. Could it's for my mate at work? Oh, could you yeah. just scribble that out? Just to Arthur. Yeah, to Arthur. And you're like, holy crap, you know, he just doesn't care about him. Yeah. He's just dying inside, and it's just, oh, it's horrible. Yeah, yeah it was you know. really bad. And yeah, then um, yeah. and then at the end, he kind of, younger Elton, he, he's basically trying to make peace in his mind, you know, with his doubts and, and, uh, and, you know, demons, and, like, talking to his mother and what he would say to his mother and to his dad, and then to his younger self. And then I like that... Um, with the end, it's just, you know, are you going to hug me now? And he hung, hugs his younger yeah. son. It's like the most important thing is not for him to try and find love from someone else to, like, fill this this hole mm. uh, left from his dad, but he's got to love himself, you know? Yeah, his dad's yeah. played by Stephen McIntosh. I was going to say his dad yeah. is, is, is a bastard, but yeah, he is, well, he's played by a nice guy. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, it's interesting with that relationship, isn't he? He just... He just I mean, he's clearly never been a fan of that type of music. Is it jazz? He... And at the start, he says, never yeah. touched my record. So he is a music yeah. fan, but just not his style of music. And Yeah. But even, he tries to connect with him. Like, he picked the jazz record because he's like, Dad, you, you could play this. And he just yeah. doesn't want really to talk to him. He just doesn't want to connect with him. You've got to be he's quiet, in, he says. Yeah, you've so. got to be quiet while I'm listening to my jazz. It's like, there is absolutely no, uh, mm. yeah. In that scene, when he visits him, he gives him a gift and he just smiles and doesn't say thank you at all. Yeah, and he, as you said, he asked to his his friend to sign his record, and he's just dying inside. Yeah, because he, um, he offers him tickets. I think that's what he does. He says, "Yeah, I could get you tickets." He's like, "Not really my sort of music." You're like, "Oh, fucking hell!" <laughs> you know. And the things he says to Elton is just really heartbreaking. When he says, "They are really proud of you," you know, the boys loved meeting a real life pop star, you know, mm. and then he starts crying back in the car, and then cut to he throws a chair in rehab you know yeah it's quite a powerful scene that but you know i i like that um that it begins with that story of his childhood and uh his issues with like love and his dad and it kind of has a resolution to that that's the end wraps it up yeah i know that's not how life is but thematically that was good you know that does feel fulfilling when you watch it you go okay he solved this problem uh, that came about Mm. uh, from his childhood and and I like how they did that. I kind of like the descent into loneliness is quite long and dark. There are, I think there are more dark numbers than feel good numbers. I think. Yeah. Just remembering it now, you know, the film commits to Elton literally losing everyone before he learns to, you know, gain gain self respect and love love himself, which is, as you said, brilliantly represented with with Taron hugging uh, Matthew Ilsley, the the younger Reggie White. And I love the confidence this film has to really stretch out um, some of the numbers, like Yellow Brick Road. You know, it starts with Bernie, played by Jamie Bell. Um, He starts singing the song. And then the scene continues with score of, like, Elton throwing up and John Reed talking uh, on the phone to someone saying he's fine, he'll play the gig, even though he's basically trying... He's just all over the place, you know. And then you've got Elton preparing for the gig, putting on the bird costume, the bright orange bird costume, 
And then Taron finishes the song like two minutes later, triumphantly, like, yeah, I'm going to fucking sort my fucking life out now. Yeah. It's just really great storytelling and understanding the songs as well of how you can use it in this in this way. And again, it's just a great testament to Elton John's involvement in the film that he wanted everything front and center. Do you like that sequence, um, Yellow, Yellow Brick Road? That was an amazing sequence. I love that sequence. Yeah. Mm. It definitely felt uh, very fulfilling because and it's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on. And and it you know it climaxes to to the conclusion the victory of like yeah no screw this stuff I'm going to mm. to seek help and you get to the beginning of the film and yeah that whole sequence was amazing it's also amazing like uh, again transition but um, <laughs> you know this I should have mentioned on directing mm. but when he's in the taxi going to the yellow brick road how it goes from uh, the town to he's in the country. Like you know, yeah. I just quite, I quite oh, like right. that. Yeah. You you kind of don't even notice that it's changing <laughs> no, yeah. in the background, and you're like, "Holy shit, he's in the countryside!" How did that happen? And I yeah. quite like that. I thought that was well. Amazing. I'm quite like they didn't actually show how he got into the cab properly. To mm. be fair, I thought that was been really weird. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he just drops in, is like. Fucking get the fucking wings in! Come on. <laughs> yeah. Scraping up against the yeah the roof. They definitely skip past that bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it would have been uh, impossible. Yeah, uh, <laughs> maybe he opened uh, the boot. He climbed in the boot, and oh. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would have loved to have seen him eat, eat all those puddings. And he's like, <laughs> uh, "What ice cream do you want? Um, all of them, actually." <laughs> anyway, yeah, that was good. There's some um, great lines in this film as well, you know. Hmm. <laughs> Stephen Graham, the first manager, I really love his character. He's oh, just yeah, having he's so much fun, you know. Yeah. Where he's like, <laughs> he says to, to was it Ray, his assistant or something? He says, all right, don't break your neck sucking your own cock. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I remember that line. That was amazing. <laughs> He was an amazing manager. He should have been kept. I, you know, yeah. he's he's a lot rougher around the edges than like his second manager, but he's a nicer guy than the second guy. You know, because um, you know he was in a relationship with him. Yeah. Did you say he was played by Robert Reed or something? No, his character's John Reed. John Reed. Um, um, but he's played by the guy from Game of Thrones. He played um, uh, Rob. Rob Stark. Richard Madden. There you go. Richard Madden. Yeah. Yeah, because it's kind of strange. Like, his first manager is really... He doesn't mince his words. He kind of reminds me of, like, a mafia Don or something. He's like <laughs> yeah. a gangster. He's just really going for it, Stephen Graham. He's, just, well, you, you, he's, like, the, he's like the craze or something. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. He didn't kill anyone. He's a long-lost Cray brother. No, Well, you never know. You don't know what he does on his weekends. Music uh, on the weekdays. Some casual murder on the weekends. No. <laughs> But I, I love when you first see him because uh, I thought that the guy he was talking to in the chair was the manager. But that's his assistant. Oh, yeah. And I love how he opens the door and he's just like, on his cigar. He's like, should Dick I James. fucking make tea then? Should I make us a cup of tea then? And you think, <laughs> like, he's like, and how the guy gets up and he's all flustered. He's like, oh. Yeah, he very much reminds me of actually the director in this film, Dexter Fletcher. He talks like that, you know. East End action. Oh, that is brilliant. You know. I didn't know that. That's good. You know. Trans fucking Atlantic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I love when he's even like playing songs for him and he's just, he's so critical. It's like, shit, you know. It's like, what's <laughs> Another this? Another one. Another one. What's this? He's like, <laughs> I like it. You know. I'm interested in the 2% or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. It's like 90% shit. I'm interested <laughs> in the 2%. 
Yeah, Richard Madden. Richard Madden. Uh, my God, his character. He was an asshole. You, you, you know. Yeah. God, he was horrible. Just used just, him. Just the worst kind of man. Yeah. He just. He was, yeah. It was basically flattery and enabling, and but he was just a horrible man. Yeah. Just fucking poor boys. But <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I loved Ray like banging on the toilet door where Elton is hiding. <laughs> You know, just before the uh, Crocodile Rock sequence in the Troubadour, <laughs> and Ray says, "Now get out there and play, you little twat." <laughs> you know, yeah. that was funny. And Elton is like in his dressing gown in the, just before the the Rocket Man sequence, and he's drinking indoors. Was it Bernie? Is with some girls, and they go and get a drink, and he's just like, "Yeah, go and get a little drink, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Friend. you know, like that." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go and get a little drink. Anyway, again, yeah. reminded me of Dexter Fletcher, the director. And <laughs> <laughs> um, what a great bit is when Elton comes out in his Queen Elizabeth costume and says, Hello, 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 Australia. Good day. <laughs> Shit. Or New York. Swindon? <laughs> or what, wherever the hell we are. If you don't yeah. like it, go home. Because <laughs> they start booing. It's like, shut up. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. I don't know where the hell I am. Yeah. I love the fact that he says Swindon to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> he would play Swindon. Anyway. But my yeah. favourite line um, is when he's got another hat on with a feather in his hat. And he's sat with his mum and her boyfriend. Mm. His mum played by Bryce Dallas Howard, who almost looks unrecognisable. But he says to his mum, Mum, I have fucked everything that moves. That's my favourite line. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> and did he say, I've taken every drug? Yeah, I've taken yeah. every drug known to man. <laughs> yeah. Have you got a favourite line then? Uh, maybe actually the, the don't break your neck, suck in your own cock. I'm going <laughs> I'm, I'm to use that as my... My short list of insults. Yeah, that's a good I'm going to try to keep it in my head. If somebody says yeah. something ridiculous, don't break your neck, suck in your own cock. <laughs> yeah. I'll do it with the Cockney accent. I'll pull out a cigar. Yeah. So what score are you getting with for screenplay? I don't know if I'll... I'll try and edge out the directing just above the screenplay. Okay. But, yeah. So I'm still going to make this quite high, but yeah. just not as high as the directing. So I'm just trying to think. I'll give it an 8.7. Yeah, I, I really like the screenplay. You know, the way they use the songs um, for the appropriate moment to, for the correct narrative point in the films, in the film, I really liked. I mean, I guess in a way they have, you know, it's a biopic, so they're not reliant on trying to make up new stories or anything. It's all there for mm. them. It's just trying to adapt the songs to make the story work, which, yeah. which they did incredibly well. I'll... Oh god. I'll go eight point eight then. So acting then. Yeah, acting. Brilliant. Taron Edgerton is amazing. I love him. You reckon? Yeah. yeah. I really like Taron Edgerton. The only thing I would say though, I mean Taron Edgerton is great, got some great lungs on him for mm. the songs. But I think he's too handsome for Elton John. <laughs> oh, my John... God. Oh, my God. I hope Elton John isn't going to hear this. He's going to kill you. Well, he would admit that himself, <laughs> yeah. to be fair. Elton John is not a looker, you no. know. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I mean, he even says, like, oh, how does a a fat guy from whoever with fat hands get to be a, a song and dance man? Oh, yeah. Taron is not you know? fat. <laughs> and I was like, you don't look like that at all. You don't look like that at all, yeah. 
Yeah, no, I, I do get that. So, when he's when he's talking about how weird he looks, or other people say how weird he looks in the script, mm. it doesn't really because even when he's balding, he's you know balding and he looks amazing. You know, you're like, <laughs> God, I would. So yeah, maybe you're right. Mm. Maybe he's too handsome. But yeah, other than that, Taron Egerton is amazing. I love the opening scene with Taron and Jamie Bell, who plays Bernie Taupin, and they're at the cafe, and he asks Taupin, you know, have you heard of Streets of Laredo? And Taron's like, uh, not really. And like scrunches up his face, but then starts singing the song, you know, and they start singing it together. It's great. Yeah. And then... I like the moment where you think they finish, but then they suddenly go back straight into song, and it shows that you know their great chemistry together. I thought that was a great opening sequence for those two, and then later, you know, the looks they give each other, you know, Elton and and Bernie, whilst he's playing your song, just incredible song. There, it's the start of a very like tender friendship, and really, this film is kind of a, a love story between these two mates, but. Not in that way, like Bernie yeah. says himself, you know. <laughs> yeah, because he, he tries to go for a kiss, doesn't he? But um, Bernie's yeah. like, dude, I love you, but not like that. But yeah, no, they do yeah. love each other. And you could tell, um, like, even, uh, you know, when we were talking about the Yellow Brick Road song, because it's more like he comes to, to Elton and they're trying to rekindle their friendship. It's like, yeah. where the hell were you? Why did you disappear? He's like, yeah. I told you to just leave, leave all this behind yeah. and you could have came with me. And yeah, and you just think, man, it, his life wasn't the same. Without uh, and they do have such great chemistry together, and you're like, yeah, man, his life tended to fall apart as as Bernie kind of left it. So yeah, yeah, it's just a great way in the script of just of Elton just going further and further into this hole of despair in you know in the music mm. and well not in the music but just in all in the drugs and yeah. the women, the food, the sex, everything, yeah. and he just doesn't want to listen to anyone. You know, mm. even his closest friend, whom he loves a lot, you know, in Bernie, mm. um, until it's until he literally nearly kills himself, and then even then he's just like, yeah, I, I don't, still don't want to hear anyone. Mm. I don't. I just want to listen to myself. But yeah, Taron does that. Uh, he portrays that really, really good. I think. And then until that moment when he meets Bernie again, it was kind of the turning point for him great friendship they have and brilliantly represented in this film and certainly those looks in during your song just brilliantly directed in that moment you can tell there's 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 a great chemistry there between the two again we've talked a little bit about stephen graham's performance who plays uh dick james his first manager one line i didn't say it was put on a great fucking show and just don't kill yourself with drugs And he didn't uh, listen to his advice. No, God, he nearly does. does. <laughs> he nearly did. I like the moment as well where Elton says to his mum on the phone that he's gay, and Bryce Dallas Howard, uh, who plays his mum, is brilliant. You know, she's a tiny bit shocked in that moment, but mm. in the beginning, you know, as if she's thinking, "I hope it doesn't get out," you know, and go public. But says, "Yeah, I know." You know, she's just really spiteful and says, "You know, I." I just hope you realize you've chosen a life of being alone forever. You know, you'll never be loved properly. And she's kind of feeling sorry for him in a way. And Taron is, is brilliant in that moment as well. You know, when he's in the yeah phone box, yeah, the phone box. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, it was quite, it was quite emotional. And, you know, you can tell that just by his face, you know, that, that hearing her say that it's just like devastating, you know, to him, devastating. You know. Absolutely. It's like his, it just feels like certainly emotionally, his own, his only family is Bernie. His only saving mm. grace is Bernie. No one else, yeah. not his mum, 
yeah. not his dad, maybe a little bit his auntie, but she's kind of distant anyway, mm. a little bit. Again, yeah. there's a brilliantly sad moment when Taron is sat in the dressing room chair just before this the show st- starts, and he's uh, you know he snorts some coke, has a drink, and then grins to himself in the mirror, and then drops his face you know, miserably, and he repeats that like he's practicing to go on stage and practicing his stage face. He's building this fake persona, but in reality, he's quite miserable. And I just love the way his his performance in that moment um, just shows this this fake persona kind of thing, you know, of Elton John. And then in in private, he's kind of just Reggie White at heart, you know. Mm. And then he, you know, he gets really angry at Bernie, but then quickly apologizes to him saying, you know, I know, Uh, you know, Bernie says, I know he very much realizes what's going on. And the only, the only person in the film that truly knows who he is, you know, and I think Elton knows that as well throughout the film. Any other performances you liked? Richard, was it Madden? Richard Richard Madden. Madden, Yeah. Yeah. John Reed. He he played a dick very well. (laughs) Very gold. Just, uh, Complete slimy, you know, just weaselly asshole. You know, he's just pretending to be nice. Yeah, and I, I love how he can transition that pretty quickly. Like he, he can pretend to be nice when he wants to be, and then just be an absolute tosser. Like basically in the same in the same scene. Yeah, or even like being a tosser right to him, and then somebody comes in and he's like, ah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a cool guy. Uh, he, He did that well. Because when he first shows up at the end of Tiny Dancer at the hippie party in LA, he seems like quite a nice guy. Yeah, <laughs> just suckers him in, you know. It's not not just that he's nice. You you think you think that he kind of loves Elton just immediately, like the way he's looking at him, mm. you know, the way he's kind of flattering him and and stuff. And yeah, you're like, oh my god, you know. And the way he cool. just after he he interrupts the the duet with Kiki D, he just comes in and just walks into the back room and doesn't <laughs> say anything. You know, lets Elton just get rid of everyone. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, just his presence in there, just like, yep, I, I'm going in there now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, have a quick snog, <laughs> <laughs> more than a snog. <laughs> yeah, and then it goes into the sex scene. Yeah, like <laughs> where you snag. see a bit of Taron's bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Have you got a favourite performance then? Uh, t- yeah, I was Taron. Taron. Yeah, same. Taron Edgerton. Score? Uh, score. Fucking hell. Do you want- <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, man. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, th- this is what I- I'm going to say. Fuck it. Whatever. 8.5. I'm going to go pretty high as well. I think, you know, Taron is great. I mean, the whole cast is really, really great. Certainly his... Well, everyone singing is pretty good, to be honest. But certainly Taron himself is brilliant. So and the fact that you have to sing in this film as well as just have normal dialogue is really impressive. So I'll go like 8.7. Right, let's add up the scores then for Rocket Man. Rocket Man gets 52.9, which is pretty good, I would say. Rocket Man gets 52.9. <laughs> So, Boaz, Mr. Encyclopedia Man, what is your film for musicals? Uh, mine is The Greatest Showman. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Hopefully the only singing we get from Boaz um, is right don't, there. Don't, don't, don't count on it. <laughs> I'm going to sing every ten minutes now that you said that. I'm going to sing all of the songs for this musical. <laughs> so why did you pick The Greatest Showman? Because uh, it's amazing. <laughs> That's right. why. Any yeah. others in contention or...? 
I've seen some pretty damn good musicals. Oh, b- bloody hell. I, I, uh, Jesus Christ Superstar. Call me a little old-fashioned. I love that musical so much. Mm. So what happens in The Great Showman? So it is a retelling, well, it's a telling of the man who invented the circus, P.T. Barnum, and yeah. uh, and his life prior to, during, and you know after his su- success with the circus. And uh, okay. yeah, so, uh, yeah. So it's it's pretty good. It's uh, yeah, it's a biopic of of P.T. Barnum. I would say fairly loosely based. <laughs> yes, fairly Possibly. loosely based. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I kind of de- I haven't like delved into the you know one to one comparisons for it, which I will. But it definitely does seem like none of this happened. You know, <laughs> probably none of this happened. You know, All right. but it's interesting nonetheless. I do hope the bar sequence happened. The bar the bar number, but yeah, because yeah, that was probably my favorite. But yeah, that was good. That was quite <laughs> uplifting. That was like you know, yeah, that moment was great. So directing then. I love the moment, the opening number where Hugh Jackman is like all backlit and there's beams of light coming through like a load of people on the stands, on seating, and it's hiding its identity until the song really opens up. It's, and you wanna know. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. And I remember like on a trip to Laos, I did a documentary up there uh, with a load of teachers and there was a talent show night and the team leaders like three of them all lined up and they were doing like the opening bit like all backlit like they had these yeah, big the Asian hats, hats yeah. on and the cane yeah it was funny was one good. of them nearly dropped their hat which is amusing <laughs> but um yeah that was fun yeah a great great number to to start off with yeah no it was it's a hell of a good number to start the the, the film on uh, just amazing feel good just like pumps your blood and you know, and it, it just goes straight into it as well. There's like fucking tigers and you know, trapeze <laughs> and everything, and it's going off. And you're like, yeah. holy hell! You don't even know what's going on, you know, in this in this film. And then I love it, uh, directing wise, how that all turns out to be. It's almost like a fantasy of yeah. uh, the younger him, because um, as the song keeps going, it's like more of the instruments like disappear, and his singing becomes a lot more kind of quiet, you know, like. You know, he, he's almost talking yeah. it. And there's nobody in the stands and there's nobody on the stage with him. Mm. And then it, the camera turns. And I love that. Again, transitions, man. Like th- these two films, it's a, <laughs> it's a transition train that we're on. It's just so many transitions. This is great. Transition heaven. Transition <laughs> heaven, yeah. And I just love how the camera turns from him just on his own, you know, as yeah. a, you know, in the, in the costume. And it turns and it's him, you know, looking at... Do you know what I mean? In the shop window? His, his younger self. Yeah, his younger yeah. self looking at the uh, top hat and the cane yeah. and the costume in a shop window. And I, I, I just yeah. love that, how it goes around. And yeah. it's like, that's where he was. Yeah. Because structurally, this film is it's fairly similar, um, where he's kind of looking back on his life from that moment. Um, mm. They don't go back like they do in Rocketman, in, in like, uh, you know, the rehab bit. But yeah, I, I kind of like the, that that structure, really, which is quite popular these days. Yeah. <laughs> I like the Million Dreams number, where you go from young Barnum to adult Barnum, played by Hugh Jackman, and Mrs. Barnum, played by Michelle Williams. Um, the pace is, like, really fast and, and quite sweeping. You know, I like the little dance number they have, you know, under the steam trains. Yeah. It looks really beautiful. And then on the roof with all the, the uh, you know, on top of the roof with all the linen going everywhere and kind of in sync with the, the, the number and the dance. Yeah. Apart from when Mrs. Barnum 
I thought was going to commit suicide and just run off the side. <laughs> like, what the hell are you doing? Stop! <laughs> and then Barnum, Mr. Barnum catches her. I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> I was like, have, have I missed something? <laughs> she never liked him at all. He, he, did, he kidnapped her. This was all an elaborate. Or she just didn't realise where the edge of the, the roof was. <laughs> yes. Anyway. I just found that a bit odd. I was like, whoa, <laughs> steady on. Uh, yeah, uh, man. And I love the, uh, again, transition <laughs> at the end of that dance number where uh, they grab each other and do a little spin around. And then when the spin is finished, it's like she's pregnant, you know, and it's like, oh, yeah, it's yeah. almost like, oh, yeah, this is a couple of years later. Uh, and I like that. I thought that was really that was really cool. I really like the callback to that dance number on the roof, actually, with all the linen later on in the film, where he's all infatuated with Jenny Lynn and going on tour with her, and the, and the paper has, I think, has, has revealed them kissing, mm. and she does a dance number in her home, and yeah. like you you see, it's because it's from all the at the outside, and the curtains as, are as if they're the linen before you know earlier in the yeah. film. Well, no, no, he he's he's dancing with her, I think. Yeah, and then he's, he's he fades really... away in the curtain as if it was linen, you know, from the yeah. start, which I quite like that. Yeah, bit. no, that was yeah. brilliant because uh, they're basically doing the same uh, dance number as they were on the roof uh, together in the house. Yeah, with you know the curtains instead of the linen, mm. and then I love how he just it, he vanishes, and I, I just that was that was amazing, brilliantly done. Yeah, yeah, yeah there was some just some inc- just amazing like visual camera work and just like. Uh, the uses of, of of CGI and visuals like that are just really yeah. good. Yeah, I like the the shot where Mr. Barnum says to the theatre uh, critic, uh, he liked the word he used to describe his show, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and that has a nice ring to it. And then the camera pulls back uh, as, he, as Hugh Jackman walks past the camera to reveal, like, P.T. Barnum's circus. Yeah. That was quite a nice touch. I quite like that as it does it, as the camera pulls back and mm. Barnum walks past the camera. That's really... A nice touch there. Yeah. I liked Rewrite the Stars number with Zach Enfron. Yeah, that was amazing. Zendaya, mm. uh, where they're both like swinging around the building and uh, the camera can be a lot closer on the actors. You know, I definitely prefer the two-handed numbers because they feel more personal and more cinematic. Mm. Um, and it's quite sad at times at the end of the song where it's literally just Zendaya singing and that's it you know she just sings you know we're bound to break and my hands are tied and then she just walks off in silence you know i quite like zach efron and zendaya's relationship in the film it's it's very simple nothing special to it at all but i just think i just i just there's something about zendaya is very watchable she's she's very she's a movie star you know she's just mm. She's brilliant to watch on screen. Yeah, just that whole sequence where the camera can be really close to them as they're swinging around. Yeah, it's just a great visual there, where the background's going really fast. Mm. It just felt big, you know. Yeah, compared yeah. to the other numbers, some of them feel a bit stagey, where you can't do that much with the camera other than stick a wide lens on, and you're kind of just trying to fit them all in and do some sort of movement to make it. Mm make the number feel good you can't yeah. be as experimental yeah i i think i think you're right that that is the most like ambitious and more, more exciting number and it's just the two of them like there are a, a lot more like i suppose technically impressive numbers and you know with more visual effects but 
that was quite cool because of the as you say the verticality of the uh the camera work how personal it was just how big and wide it was yeah i I kind of agree with that i think my favorite number my favorite scene is the other side with burnham and zach efron in the bar yeah Yeah, i think that's my favorite song in the yeah they really make the camera work in this number with a a lot of quick fast tracking shots you know utilizing the whole space and for the number and that bartender is amazing at his job he's amazing (laughs) at his job yeah, just yeah. really quick, and you can hardly see what he looks like. You know? I know. He's just like cleans up ridiculously quick. <laughs> yeah, but he's like so involved um, in the choreography. You know, uh, I thought he was amazing. You know, and it's certainly a sequence that that works for film. You know, it, it's it's brilliantly done, uh, and I love the shot where the camera starts from a bird's eye view of the two of them, and they they slide over shots to each other, and then the camera sweeps down, revealing that they're now in the circus. Yeah. That's a great transition there. Yeah, that was a brilliant (laughs) That's probably my favourite shot. Yeah. Because they're they're still in the room, and then it's like, vroom, that's the circus, and then vroom, it's it's back, you know, it's the circus. Yeah, Yeah. that was good. That was good. It was like uh, bar floor to circus. That was quite clever. Yeah, that was amazing. You got a favourite shot? That was an amazing shot. I actually have to mm. give it maybe to that one as well. Yeah, that's I think mine that was, as well. Yeah, I just love that. He's got him on board. Um, they're having a celebrating song, and then yeah. the camera basically, boom, up, and they're in the circus. And I, I yeah, mm. that was just amazing. Certainly, The Other Side is my favourite number in the film, but mm. it's not necessarily my favourite song. We'll talk about that in a minute. So, score for directing... I will go... I mean, it's really well done. I think what I must mention as well in this film is that this film took 12 years to make. Oh, wow. Um, you know, in, in development, um, because every studio were not... Most studios were like, now nah, I'm not funding an original musical. It's far too risky based on no IP or anything. Mm. <laughs> so props to that, they kept kept at it and you know it's obviously a big hit at the time i'll go like 8.5 i think how about you sir i'll go a nine nine yeah all right bloody yeah. hell yep why so high because <laughs> i like it <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> screenplay then i think unfortunately this is where the film isn't great i don't think mm. it's a screenplay it's very predictable i think you're kind of right the music and the uh the direction just how good this film looks uh, are kind of why I would keep watching this film and uh, yeah you know the, yeah. the script is kind of, is pretty by the by the numbers yeah <laughs> it's, it's just a kind of classic rise and fall tale the script certainly doesn't take many risks like Rocketman does no no definitely not as you said it's very by the books and incredibly predictable yeah Barnum comes from nothing builds up to create this amazing circus. Yeah, forgets about it. everything but the fame. Loses loses you know, it and then yeah. <laughs> reunites with everybody. They have a happy song and then yeah. he's, he he goes to see his family cuz family's very important. You know, yeah. it, it's it's so very very it's basic. Not... Yeah, it's very basic. And that's part of possibly why the studio would would possibly greenlit this type of film as a musical because the story is very very simple and it's very satisfying and it works Mm. you know we've seen this kind of story millions of times and it makes money so i get that but i would have preferred a few more surprises Mm. for me but and also it's not very quotable at all i've only written down like one line which i quite liked where he meets the little man for the first time and he says to him what are you looking at 
flip doodle. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's um, the only line I've got, really. Yeah. So I have one, like, just by far favorite line in the film. I think there are some quotable lines. You know, uh, perhaps not as much as Rocket Man and not as witty, but there are some quotable lines. I, I do like um, P.T. Barnum's energy of yeah. just how, how he talks to people. Like, um, <laughs> he's almost like a swindler, but he's very happy, and you know what I mean? You can kind of almost yeah. buy this shit, and I think that's great. But I think my... Uh, I'll just go by my favourite line, and then I'll try to uh, think of any kind of like good lines that I can quote. But my yeah. favourite line is when they go to see the Queen. Okay. And she says about the, the short man... Which I ha- will have to say that in many scenes, it he doesn't look right. He does. I don't think he's really short. Oh, really? Like I, oh. I don't know. I don't. I, some scenes, I'm not sure if his proportions are oh, right. right. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, and she says, "Oh my goodness, I, uh, I didn't know you were this short or whatever." And he says something oh. like, um, "Well, you can't exactly reach the top sel- shelf yourself, ma'am," or something like that. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love that. I thought that was a really good line. And everyone's like, "What the hell did yeah. you say to the queen?" She laughed. I think my favorite song in this is "This Is Me." Yeah, that's a good one. Where Letty, played by Keela Settle, uh, sings it. Yeah, the bearded, bearded. Definitely woman. my be- my favorite song. But I think just used, I just used wrong for me because it starts with letty being upset with burnham like shutting her out from the party you know this very middle class upper class party and you know they start the song by walking through the party past them and then past all the the protesters and they finish on stage where i feel like they used the song wrong and they should have done the whole song at the party saying no you're not gonna shut me out you know we are as good as you guys we are as good as jenny lind Plus, it wouldn't feel as stagey at the end for me. You know, I think you could have been a bit more creative, at, you know, with the camera at the, at the party, you know, focusing on some of the other characters that don't get enough screen time mm. rather than just have them all in one wide shot at the end. Do you know what I mean? I, I kind of see what you mean. Because yeah. I'm like, well, they're just being told what to do by Barnum to just go and do the show. Yeah, but I'm like, do, well, yeah. no. You know, I'm yeah. just like, hang on, yeah. what? <laughs> You're okay, just I... contradicting like <laughs> what the song is all about. I just it it bothered me that bit. Okay, I, I, I yeah, say. I do. I do kind of actually see what you mean. Yeah, like he's just treating them as the work, and they're like, we're not the work. But then they're going to the show and doing their work. You know. Yeah. yeah. Why can't you just show all these you know bureaucratic high class people like how good you are? Yeah. You know, in that room, in the moment, yeah. you know, another show can come along. You know. Yeah. It just I, I will say I do like um, it's frustrating. Yeah. Uh, one of I, I do like the shot though uh, cuz they continue the song in the in the circus uh, you know under the um under the lights of the circus. And yeah. uh you know that's choreographed. I do like the bit uh, where they jump up but she's uh, like in slow motion but she's still moving at regular speed. Like, I don't oh, know, right. I quite like that <laughs> and how she uh starts singing turns around and then like they hit the ground and carry on with the uh performance mm. yeah well, that was an interesting use of mm. slow motion but yeah i kind of i kind of agree with you like they could have made the song is a really good song yet the dance number is not you know it's not mm. is not the better one yeah yeah they could have used it better narratively because you could yeah. have had like barnum still in the same mindset he could have left the room or been have a private moment with with jenny lind or something and it goes from there um so he's still oblivious of like what was going on so they certainly could have worked around that but yeah i, th- I think it's t- it's just a shame because i think it's the best song you know mm. for me 
Yeah. Any screenplay moments that you liked? Any others? Uh, oh, actually, do you know what? I like that his his kids are, even though they have like everything, you know, because of his mm. fame, and they're very supportive and they're sweet kids and stuff, and helped him with you know even coming up with the idea of the circus. I like that that they the kids have like more agency in the script than just being kids. You know, yeah. Um, like you know, they they even say to him, um, "I think the reason nobody comes to your, you know, museum is is people aren't interested in dead things." But I also yeah, like how moment. the daughter that's like doing ballet is that the oldest daughter? Yeah, yeah. How she's kind of very insecure because even though she's allowed to do ballet and she's doing what she ever was wanted, all the kids don't respect her because of you know where where her father gets the money for, from um i think my favorite line is if you ever want a line to sum up the movie that you've just watched then this is the perfect one you know for this film literally the last line is it's everything you ever need and it's here right in front of you you know yeah, <laughs> like your family and like your the values that you've you set out from the start because obviously he kind of loses his way and then comes back to yeah. to his family you know it's yeah. just a, a really nice line that it's everything you ever need and it's here right in front of you quite a, quite a sweet end i guess yeah i i think what was it on a rewatch though i think i may have pointed i'm not sure if it's a plot hole it might be a plot hole with the end okay. of the film. So on a rewatch, so I've watched it a few times and I rewatched it for this and I was going to say this, like, because it confused me. So when he kind of leaves the show to go off with Jenny Lynn, that's seen as yeah. a bad thing and when he's not there, the crowds hate the circus and I mean, fuck, you know, they burn down. Yeah. They burn down the building. Yeah. And then he comes back and he's like, you know, uh, you know, now I know what uh, why I started this for and all that singing and dancing. And Let's go get a big tent. And they yeah. get a big tent which is famous and stuff. <laughs> but then but then he leaves again and that's a good thing because you know, he's got to go see his family. Won't the same thing happen? You know, people still hate his circus. Won't they burn it down when he's gone? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I don't they they didn't mm, really. Possibly. I'm just saying they. they well, did. Yeah, I guess they didn't really win over the audience. Yeah, but well, they kind of gave him his his happy ending, and the circus is continuing, and they're all happy to do that. They haven't changed people's minds about the circus. No, I, to me, yeah. I felt like, yeah, that wasn't really resolved. They didn't win over them. Yeah, no. I think they should have had a scene where they like the quote unquote you know freaks actually win over the public, but that never really happened. Yeah. No. So in my mind, I, I, I finished watching it the other day and I was like, you know, does that mean they're still going to be like insulted in the street and they're, yeah. you know, they're still going to be un in danger? You know, I was like, man, that's not Maybe they have a lot of spare tents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't yeah. just get one tent, they got like yeah. loads. I mean, what if they just said, you know, uh, you know, the place we're going to, the people are nicer. Just something like that, you know. <laughs> Because the, the, yeah, I'm just saying, the people of the, that city were jackasses. Because they don't actually mention that they're going to travel the world or anything, no. do they? They just move. They're just going to move location in New York. I think it is. You know. Yeah, they're still in the same <laughs> shithole city that burnt down the first abode. Yeah. I, I, you know, even maybe it would have been anti-historical, but it's like if you're in for a penny, in for a pound. I would have just said, mm. just leave this place. As far as I'm <laughs> concerned, they've established this place is nasty. You know. Yeah. So score for me, I think, as we've said, it doesn't take any risks. It's incredibly predictable. Yeah. 
There aren't that many memorable lines. There are many memorable songs, though. <laughs> but yeah, the yeah. songs are really good. <laughs> really, really good. I would say, for me, the direction and the songs are why I'm watching this movie. Not necessarily the plot, but yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go like 7.8, I think. Yeah, I think that's quite fair. How about you, sir? I'll go. I'll go. I'll go this. I'll go seven point five. I'm going to be quite. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be quite modest. Yeah. All right. I'll let you have the yeah the, the high one. But I actually agree. Actually, I'll do se- I'll do seven point eight like you actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Scribble out again. Scribble out. <laughs> like seriously, I, I I cost you so much paper. <laughs> <laughs> Acting. I mean, I really like the moment when. Barnum sees his daughter Caroline uh, being bullied after a show by her fellow ballerinas and and the look on Hugh Jackman's face is quite heartbreaking. Yeah. Because prior to that moment in the film it's all very joyful and happy as you said, you know, his performance is really like uplifting and nothing emotionally has gone wrong until that point. And he, and it's quite quite a powerful look that I I felt I felt it you know in the feels in that point yeah like oh shit you I know, think there there are several looks his that daughter's um, being bullied yeah I think Hugh Jackman has mastered that look whatever that look is <laughs> yeah. he he does it a few times through the film where it's just kind mm. of you you feel like he's thinking you you kind of feel mm. him reminiscing in his mind and you can tell him seeing that that's like. I can't believe that's happening to my daughter. That's sort of that's the sort of shit I tried to escape. You know, it's like yeah. Uh, you start to remember like when he was a kid. I mean, you've already seen it, but it's just that look. You know, they don't have to do any flashbacks or nods to it. You know, there's something quite wrong. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I quite like that. I also liked how he g- he gave a sort of similar look when um, it was more of disappointment where when he was poor. You right? All right. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. So, you I know, thought you meant a different look where I didn't like. I was like oh. oh no no, but I mean uh, the same kind of one where it's like um, when he was poor and it was her birthday and he had completely forgot and he's been fired. Like this is a terrible low point and he's still quite happy. Yeah, and he makes this wish machine for them. Oh, yeah, and yeah, that's and she says, uh, "What do you wish for? I wish for ballet slippers." And you can tell he's trying to be happy, but he looks like, oh, Jesus Christ! It's just this like very brief of like, yeah. I have failed. I have. A, I'm a failure. But he still mm. tries to be happy, and I quite like that. You know, you don't even have yeah. to say anything. You can just see it from his face. What are you thinking? Yeah. I like the number Never Enough from Rebecca Ferguson, who plays Jenny Lind, where you see in the crowd, like, the relationship kind of start to kindle between Zac Efron and Zendaya develop, you know, kind of a little bit of electricity there with mm. them in their acting, and when they start holding hands, and then... Zach notices someone looking at them and then... Well, it's his dad looks at him, so that's why he does that. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's still worried exactly. about the inheritance. He, You know, he, he pretends yeah. he's not, but he's still still quite superficial. And then uh, Zendaya walks away. She's quite, quite good in that moment. But then <laughs> I do feel like in that number where... You know, Hugh Jackman is in the wings. I feel like he's over overacting a bit when he's, re- <laughs> when he's reacting to the amazing singing from yeah. Jenny Lynn. It's like as, as if she's naked or something. Yeah. It's like, all right. It's like someone's like tickling it. his balls. He's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's a bit much. It's a bit much on his face. Yeah, yeah it's a bit over the top. But, yeah. um... <laughs> but then <laughs> I love the moment when the moment from his wife played by michelle williams notices him notices it you know brilliant in a brilliantly subtle look 
And she's like, yeah, there could be a problem here. Just just an incredible look from Michelle Williams of just, you know, him noticing looking at Jenny Lind like that. Mm. Yeah, I, again, another actress I really like, Michelle Williams, very watchable. Another brilliant moment from Zendaya when Zac Efron has just been saved from the fire as the circus has been uh, burnt down and Barnum saves him and, and Zendaya is sitting on his hospital bed and she's singing Rewrite the Stars again. Mm. And uh, she's really amazing to like get to that place in such an emotional way because for me, it must be so skilled as an actress to do that well because she could easily like burst into tears, yeah, you know, in that emotional state trying to sing it like that, yeah. You know, I thought that was that was quite impressive. Any other acting moments for you? Well, I suppose Zach Efron with his parents, where you know, they're like, you know. Mm. Oh, yeah, you're, you're with the help. I mean, Zac Efron is fine. You know, is I'm fine. not a massive fan of Zac Efron, <laughs> but I mean, the number he did with with uh, Hugh Jackman, the other yeah. side, I think, yeah. is is really great. And with Zendaya, with uh, rewrite the stars. So. Yeah, Zendaya is brilliant. I think, yeah. I think it's a toss up for me between Zendaya and Michelle Williams for my favourite performance. Okay. Um, cool, cool. Yeah, no, she, probably she did a really good job. Go Zendaya, actually, because yeah. I don't think Michelle Williams is is in it as much as her. Yeah, I'm going to go Zendaya. What about you? I'm going to go Hugh Jackman. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to pick. I like Hugh cause... Jackman. I'm not knocking him at all. It's just I feel some. He's he's going for it a bit too much. I think I okay. do like subtlety, but uh, yeah, acting score for me. You know, they all do a pretty good job. Also, I kind of. Would have liked to have seen a bit more from Keela Settle, who plays Letty. I thought she was great. Hmm. Uh, I wanted more from her. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree Maybe with Maybe another yeah. number from her, to be honest. Because um, it's not a long film at all. Uh, it's like an hour and 35, 40 or something. So they could have given her an extra song. Hmm. I wouldn't have minded that at all. So I'm going to go... I'll go 8.1, I think. Okay. For acting. Yeah. How about you, sir? I'll go. I'll go an eight. Yeah, so I'm actually um, seven point nine. <laughs> Let's add up the scores then for the greatest showman. The greatest showman gets forty nine point one. So this week, Rocket Man wins with fifty two point nine. A worthy winner, I would say. Yeah, brilliant film. Yeah, yeah. So I think we need more musicals in our lives right now. <laughs> oh yes, we do. Not not mine though, obviously. <laughs> yeah, from, from the look of Martin's grimace. You know. <laughs> in the heights looks great so it'd be cool to sit to catch that at the cinema at some yeah. point next week in the earth is out in the uk and we'll be fe- featuring our second only our second director we're going to concentrate on which is ben wheatley who directs that film so we're going to have a look at ben wheatley films um who is one of um the uk's most prolific film directors <laughs> He's made so many in such a short space of time. So it'd be interesting to see what we pick there. All right. Thank you very much, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Boaz. Adios. Goodbye. Goodbye. That's it for this week's pod. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. If you would like to find out more about the podcast or suggest future topics for us to discuss related to upcoming releases, let us know on Instagram at Film vs. Film Podcast, and on Twitter at FVF underscore podcast. Remember, please subscribe. Pod, signing off.